Hello and welcome to the Pod of the Damned. I'm your host, Ian, and not joining me, as always, is Nico. We have a special guest. I don't, I don't, I don't even think we can say special guest anymore, Boomer, to be honest with you, because I think... You're you're right up there in fairness with Candy, but you and Candy have guested on this show so many times now that um, you're you're just, you're just like you're just our like guest that we pull out every once in a while. <laughs> How are you doing, buddy? Yeah, I'm doing I'm doing really good. Yeah, it's a it's a crazy crazy ride that we've had together. Yeah, I started out as a fan of the show and then friend of the show and then I I guess you could call semi regular not regular but uh, you know every once in a while collaborator as well and it's man it's an honor to be here yes yes and 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 same for for your show as well um you know obviously you know when you when you started that i was i was just listening along and then you had me you had me on in those those early days and when then again relatively recently so you know we just sort of go back and forth now it's just we're just two podcasts that work very well together what can we say <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah the same vein of craziness <laughs> yeah yeah uh, the, which is a very rare thing to be honest um yes nico is away on holiday for the next couple of weeks boomer has kindly agreed to step in relatively short notice as well so thank you very much for agreeing to come on um uh, and talk about today's movie it's gonna be an interesting one today uh, and there's definitely a few talking points about the movie that we're covering today but we'll get into that in just a moment don't forget we are a horror podcast that deep dives into a different topic every single week in our quest to create a leaderboard of the best and worst horror movies of all time we are live on twitch and thank you very much and hello to everyone who is currently joining us in the twitch chat uh, i hope thank you for joining us and taking time out of your sundays to come and listen to us to ramble on about horror movies live and in colour. Um, if you would like to support us on our social media platforms, you can do so on Twitter at Damn Podcast. We're on Facebook and Instagram at Pod of the Damned. You can email us at podofthedamned at gmail.com and you can subscribe to us on Patreon, which is patreon.com forward slash Pod of the Damned. Uh, Boomer, where can people tell? Well, first of all, for anyone who's new to the show as well, I know. Uh, a lot of our regular listeners will be very much aware of yourself and the podcast in the woods but for anyone who has not listened to this show before or indeed has listened to your show before tell us uh, a little bit about podcast in the woods uh, and what you guys are working on just now yeah sure so uh, as as you as you said we are podcast in the woods and we cover all kinds of things on horror. We just love the genre so much. And something else that I love is subjecting my wonderful and amazing co-host that I run this with, Gabby, to some incredible, incredible schlock. Uh, and it includes a lot of uh, a lot of vomit things that she hates. Uh, and that's kind of fun, too, <laughs> that, that <laughs> dynamic that we have. Um, but we are on all podcasting platforms. You can find us basically anywhere. Uh, Google us. We are there. Um, we are also on Twitter and Instagram as well at Woods Podcast. Uh, and we we do have a Facebook page. You could just search Podcast in the Woods and you can find us there. And Gabby runs that one. So if you if you uh, want to come on and talk shit about my picks and all that stuff, which I don't blame you one bit, I do have some horror hot takes sometimes. <laughs> uh, you could get on Facebook and talk to talk to Gabby directly, and I have nothing to do with that. I can't even find it for some reason. <laughs> like terrible when it comes to facebook Gabby, and uh she's just hidden it from you really well <laughs> it's just yeah it's not even called podcast the wood it's called boomer haters <laughs> <laughs> oh that, that might be a whole different group <laughs> to be honest <laughs> <laughs> <That's true. laughs> 
Oh, yes. Um, please, please go check out Podcast in the Woods. I, I have been a guest on there twice now. Um, back in the early days when it was, you know, just Boomer on there. And then very recently for, when, for Scream 6. Oh, I, I keep forgetting which episodes I've been on, though. We did, we did Pieces, and I always forget what the other movie we did was. It was Pieces and something else. You're uh, next. Yeah, you're, we did next. you're next. I always forget yeah. that we did You're Next. Um, but most recently, um, me, yourself, and Gabby were all talking about Scream 6, and we had a really cool discussion about that. Um, if you would like to hear more of Boomer and Gabby on pod of the damned used to were on this podcast very recently as well and we had a really really fun discussion about house of a thousand corpses which is one of our is has turned out to be one of our most successful episodes as well so please go check out all of that uh this is episode number 80 of pod of the damned and then today's show we're talking about the 2016 movie don't breathe now when i was um, for those who maybe are unfamiliar with uh, the live episodes that we do here on our uh, Twitch channel, you'll know that we, and if you're currently in the chat, you'll be able to see that we have, you know, a few images of the movie, you know, on a sort of rotating to give you guys a bit of an idea of and a bit of a reminder about some of the characters and what happens in the movie. And uh, I had a bit of a dilemma when I was prepping for this episode about which images I could and could not sort of pick. <laughs> and now normally I, I tend to stay away from anything that's like super gory and anything like that, just, you know, to keep myself safe on Twitch. I don't want to get banned from Twitch. Um, but I have got a turkey baser in one of the oh, no. one of the images. It's uh, it's the it's the dripping moment, <laughs> which Ugh. I'm sure you're very familiar with. Um, so for all of you guys that are currently watching along, you are welcome. <laughs> just for uh, just for having to witness that about seventy or eighty times as it rotates around through this week's episode. So yeah. Use How appropriate! Art. Just never, never eat before you listen or watch any of uh, Ian's promos. <laughs> Absolutely not, especially you know, even just the promo clips that we put out on our socials. Because I usually pick the worst possible thing. You know, some people when they're promoting their podcast, you know, they put out things that are particularly interesting, or they put out things that you know that like interesting facts or are particularly funny. No, no, I just pick whatever's most embarrassing for Nico usually. <laughs> just chuck that out there but um unfortunately i can't do that this so this week i might actually put out something funny or interesting because you know i haven't got nico here to embarrass but with that being said boomer shall we just get straight into it <laughs> let's let's do this let's do this okay we are talking all about don't breathe Your lips look sore. That's how you're making your cash out there? <laughs> what do you say you and I move away from mom together? It's a promise. You're leaving? Yeah, as soon as I have the money. When are you coming back? Never. Yo, I got our ticket out of here. Rumor is this guy is sitting on at least 300k. Boom! That's your guy. Wait, is he blind? We messed up to rob a blind guy, isn't it? Just because he's blind don't mean he's insane, bro. Guys, money's probably in there. Uh. 
Who's there? Stay right there. How many of you are there? It's just me, man. All right, just let me go, please. Okay, I swear to God. movie was released in 2016 uh, was written by Fede Alvarez and Rodo Sayagues that's probably been butchered it was directed by Fede Alvarez and stars Stephen Lang, Jane Levy and Dylan Minette. The IMDb plot is as follows Hoping to walk away with a massive fortune, a trio of thieves break into the house of a blind man who isn't as helpless as he seems that is probably the understatement of the century, to be honest. Now, um, Boomer, I know you have some feelings about this movie, and I've got a feeling, you know, we might actually disagree quite vehemently as this sort of episode goes on. Um, but um, I gave you the choice of a couple of movies um, to, to pick from, and you were initially a little reluctant to pick Don't Breathe, Um uh, your other option was there was either this or Insidious, I believe I, I said for you to, to choose from. What made you decide to come on to talk about Don't Breathe? Right. So honestly, from our conversations, I, I believe you're going to be a little bit surprised on where I come down on this movie as as a whole. And I'm I'm kind of giving away, you know, putting the put the cart before the horse, as as they say. But there are certain things in this movie there that just really really piss me off <laughs> so yeah when i was when i was trying to decide between the two i'm like god i really don't want to watch don't breathe again but i am kind of like a little bit of meh on insidious and here we go like i am already starting this show off really really hot <laughs> Son of a bitch no. uh but I, at the more that I thought about it in the in the two seconds, and I can never make make up my mind on anything, I was like, you know what? I, there are things in Don't Breathe that I'm a lot more passionate about than I am in Insidious. So let's fucking do this. Let's <laughs> let's let's let the cat out of the bag and uh, let let's fuck this movie up just just a little bit before I do build it back up because <laughs> there are things in this film that I really really enjoy. I think that it does some amazing things with the use of sound and light and camera work and all kinds of stuff and 
Uh, and I'm a fucking stand for Stephen Lang. I love Stephen Lang, particularly VFW. Shout that movie out. If nobody, if you had not seen VFW, that is one fucking fun movie. So I love Stephen Lang. I think he's an incredible actor. But at the same time, this movie goes places that I don't feel are fucking necessary. And whenever a movie does that, and it's funny because I wanted to relate. I know I'm going to wrap this up. I know I'm talking a long time, but we talked on the last show that we were on about killing a child and killing a dog, right? And we came all came to the conclusion that, you know what, it's okay to do those things if it's relevant and necessary for the story. And this film does shit that I don't feel is fucking necessary at all. I, I feel like it could have been handled a, a bunch better way than the way that it did, but we're going to get into that, I I assume. So that that's my initial take. <laughs> well, you say we're going to get into that. We are going to get into that because I, I don't think we can start off any discussion about Don't Breeze uh, without talking about that scene first. You know, <laughs> and, that, and that twist and that reveal. Because for the majority of this movie, we just think that this is a relatively... I wouldn't say bog standard because it's, I think, like, I agree with you. There's so much that to like about this movie, but a, a relatively bog standard home invasion movie with a twist that's, you know, we've got the, the Stephen Lang playing the blind man and, you know, we've got, like you say, all those good aspects. And then, you know, with, with not very long with the movie left to go, we get hit with this piece of information that just changes everything um and from doing my research and sort of looking into what everyone else sort of thinks about it i think that it it wasn't a particularly well received twist um and and you know going back to what you're saying we we got into that discussion when uh, you were on the podcast last with gabby about you know um is it okay to kill kids and dogs and we yeah we, we we all sort of felt that fell down on the side of yes if it's you know warranted and it fits the story and it fits the purpose and here you know we've got this story so Stephen Lang is an army veteran his daughter was killed I, I, was that a hit and run his daughter was killed in um uh, it was I don't think they were real clear on that it was yeah. I don't know if it was a hit and run or whether it was just an accident yeah. uh, and there, the uh, the rich girl got off yeah there was something transpired in which his daughter was killed by this woman who who got off, essentially got off with it um and then he decided to kidnap her, keep her locked up in his basement and impregnate her so that he could... So basically, his, his, even as I'm saying it, I'm like, <laughs> I just feel icky kind of saying it. Um, he basically decided that since he took his daughter, she took his daughter away from him, that she should provide him with another one. Is <laughs> essentially yeah. how that twist goes. Um, now... We, we, you know, we've talked about and we've covered on, on this show and in previous shows and things like that, we've talked about sort of rape revenge movies, you know, and, and you know, um, you know, like things like revenge, you know, is, you know, we, which we, I made you watch, which you made, but we agree is a, a really, you know, well-constructed movie. It deals with the subject matter pretty well, you know, in a, in a, in what we would, I would say is sort of the correct way. Um, the subject matter here though, I, I mean, what was going through your head when you first watched this, and and uh, and on previous and watches since then? What what goes through your head when when that's that's happening on your screen? Okay, so they go into the basement, and 
they they find this this girl yeah let's just rip the rip the band-aid off and put the take turkey baster in the hoo-ha let's 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 get this let's get this rolling so they they go down to the basement and they find this captured person and again like felt like they could have done this movie so much so much better and the way the way that i would have that i would have done it i would have appreciated it being done is this is an ambiguous thriller movie not like in the way that it's written but it could have been so they could have easily made stephen lang's blind man a reprehensible character without the laziness of this writing to where and I'm going to be as PC as I can for <laughs> Twitch purposes. So Stephen Lang is a big grapist. Um, he uh, he's, he claims that he don't he doesn't like grapes, but at the same time, uh, you know that that that's what it is. And what's even worse, and we're not going to get into that movie, is they try to turn him into a hero in part two of this, which I just didn't even watch. I'm like, nope, I'm I, I can't do it. That makes absolutely no sense. Um, but as soon as, as soon as I saw her down there, I knew it was coming and not maybe in the vehicle. I, I didn't understand exactly what was the, the, the whole picture, of course, but I, I knew what they were doing and I wasn't fucking happy about it. I'm like, oh my God. Uh, you know, I was, I was on board, uh, for this film and I, I was, I was really enjoying it and expecting some type of twist. I mean, we see in the very first scene where he is dragging a girl down the street who is bleeding and i'm like great okay uh you got these characters that we don't particularly like because they're kind of assholes and they're taking advantage of people and all this stuff even if it's for a good cause and all this stuff so we we can't really get on board with them but we can't get on board with stephen lang and let, there's this battle of you know who who do we root for and i enjoy that but as soon as it's it's like they're fucking just shoving that shit in our face like nope nope you have to you have to get on board with these people because he's such a fucking dick and that's i i at that point i was almost checked out of the out of the mill of the film it almost completely just ruined the entire thing for me it's it's so bizarre you've 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 just touched on so many of my points that i have for this It was fantastic because i can segue into so many different points um uh, first off, I'm going to take with you. I have unfortunately have watched the sequel, and it's just as bad as you think it, it, it's going to be. So um, I do not recommend anyone checking out that movie because the fact they think you're absolutely right. You know, they do try and make him the sort of hero of the piece, and it's just after watching this movie, I just don't understand how you know you could you know go into that movie and think right, let's go and make this guy a hero, but um. I, 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 it's, I it's, for this guy. It's, 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 it's so bizarre, this movie, because I, I, I really, I'm going to just say it right. Overall, I really, really like this movie. If you just change a couple of things, I think you've got a really, really yeah. great movie. And one of the things I think, you know, we, you're right. We have so many unlikable characters and even the characters we're supposed to be looting for even jane levy in this movie who and we'll we'll get in we'll, we'll, what would be an episode uh with us on boomer without a bit of evil dead talk i'm sure we'll have a little bit of evil dead talk <laughs> in just a little bit but you know jane levy who is someone who i i know we're both fans of in terms of the horror genre you know we've got fede alvarez as well with that link there um but 
you know, she's really the character that we're supposed to be rooting for. You know, she's the one who we get that backstory from of, you know, she's coming from a troubled home. She's trying to get her and her sister away from, you know, her, her, her mother and this, uh, what we are probably led to believe is a, a, her abusive partner. And they're planning on trying to take her away to the other side of the country to go and live like happy lives. And in order to do that, she's, you know, she's robbing these homes. So they're trying to give her some sort of justification for her, you know, heinous acts here. You know, they're robbing people up until, you know, they don't really know at this point that's, that, that Stephen Lang is this reprehensible character. They just think he's some recluse army veteran who, you know, lost his sight in 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 uh in the war in a war and you know they're planning on taking advantage of that because they believe he's got a lot of money in his house so there, there, there really is sort of no redemption for me for any of these characters yes okay maybe the character jane levy's character um and i'll just, just let me say our two of our three main characters here are called money and rocky <laughs> i mean <laughs> When they were handing out names of their characters, I don't really know what was going through Fede Alvarez's head for this one. <laughs> but, you know, that's that's by the by. And then you've got Money, who is possibly the most reprehensible of the three of them. But even Alex, who's sort of playing this, you know, friend-zoned kind of guy, just sort of... He feels creepy to me and just gross, you know yeah yeah gross like he's hanging up and listen um i'm sure every everybody at some point in their lives from teenagers and adulthood have been friend zoned by someone who they're into um you know and it's it's not a particularly nice feeling but these people who you know just sort of carry on trying to essentially trying to be the hero of this part of the person who they're into who clearly isn't into them in the straight way it's just creepy and gross you know move on you know we're adults we have the capability of moving on so even then alex who's and uh, and uh, rocky were probably supposed to be the two more relatable characters i don't i don't know if relatable is maybe the right word or not even they're um not very likable at all and we're really then just going off the fact of oh, well, they're less likable than this blind army veteran who, for the majority of the movie, we just kind of believe to be this victim. I know we get that, see that scene in the opening. I think it would have actually been better if we didn't get that scene in the opening where we see him sort of dragging, um, dragging Jane Levy's character through the road because I would have preferred us going the majority of the way through this movie just thinking that he's this, you know, kind of recluse shut-in who's been, you know probably with some post-traumatic stress disorder and, and all of the issues that come with that, and then they're picking on him, and then having the hard-hitting twist. Now, I say hard-hitting twist, we could have still have him having kidnapped this woman, right? He could have still kidnapped this woman, but I just think they should have either made it been a case of it was just a revenge thing, you know, he took his daughter, so he kidnapped her, and he was just, you know, torturing her or whatever. Like, I feel like that would have been fine, um, right. or or they could have just left it ambiguously you know they, they could they could have had even if they had the hints that these sorts of things were happening 
I think it should have been left a little bit more ambiguous because not only do they tell us this is like this is the entire plot is he is doing these things he is replacing his daughter but then we get the really graphic details of the scenes that come along with that and by that I mean the turkey baster that one pube that's in this sort of jar of <laughs> semen you know getting that turkey baster shoved down his throat we get all of that in extremely 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 graphic detail and in actual fact and that was a creative choice you know when i was reading up on this movie um i found out that it was fairly um the actual i talked about that one hair that was in the in the jar um that was deliberately put there by fede alvarez um he apparently cut it from the assistant director's head and put it there because he felt it added more realism you know so okay, all I of the sort of like really creative choices that they made that really really takes away from the movie for me and i thought you were going to say like stephen lang actually pulled that out of his cubes <laughs> to put that on there that that would have been real that would have been adding realism to the movie um the the, the method actor that that he is yeah it's <laughs> it's so gross you get that as i mean it's basically like a a, a finished penis with that that one drop that's just dripping down it's uh it's, it's so gross yeah so and nasty for everyone who's watching this video that image is just came up on the screen right now <laughs> perfect timing uh, but you know um i could see the opening going either way so i i, I understand like it, it it it's a greater reveal later if if you don't show that and it's uh maybe a better storytelling uh, device that if you if you don't show that and we just journey with these characters then we find out who he is but at the same time i kind of understand and i kind of appreciate it so i didn't mind that because and, and i'll give you i'll give you a for instance uh one of the movies that is really universally i think loved is the strangers and one of the things that completely ruined that movie for me was that opening text where it says you know, basically, and I forget what exactly it says, but basically these characters are dead and we don't really know what happened. So all the tension of that movie, and I understand that there are scary parts, there's things that are, are done well in that, but all the tension of that movie just completely left from the opening text crawl because I knew that they were dead. And so you kind of see this image and so not, it turns it on its head. That's not really the ending that we get in this movie. And so I, I kind of I, I kind of appreciate that in a way. It really kind of messed with my expectations. So I I, I could see it both ways. I, I really didn't mind that one. And, and you know, you kind of touched on we we touched on the characters and how terrible, how just <laughs> awful each one of them is. But yeah, Alex, who is supposed to be the nice guy, is just weird and and, and creepy. But even and and Rocky is not only um the, the way that she is but she's also extremely manipulative like when alex is like you know what i don't want to do this she's like come on yeah and you know and using her attraction she knows she she knows that he is attracted to her cares about her some in some weird way and is using that to get him on board to do this and so ev everything about this is just is just gross and then they find out that this guy is not only an army vet i mean they're like oh man this dude's daughter yeah she just completely got ran over and it's fucking great because now he's got all this money that we're going to go rob from him and then they find out he's blind and that no hesitation whatsoever it's not like they don't take a moment to say man this guy 
has had some terrible stuff happen yeah. to him. I mean, maybe uh, we should go find a different Mark. Yeah, I mean, there's. I think. I think there's one line in this movie where I think it's Rocky that says, "Oh, this is a bit fucked up," and it's just such a throwaway line that none of them even sort of pay any creeds to it, and they're just like, "Oh, this is fucked up," but we're gonna do it anyway. So yeah. you know, it's just yeah. it's like it's like asshole buddies they're sitting around with their friends and they're like about to tell the story like man this story is really fucked up but listen to this you know so (laughs) no hesitation yeah and as you say like we've got this character of alex who is supposed to be the nice guy and i think you know if history has told us anything that's not you know quite often you really need to be careful of the nice guy you know if uh, if history has taught us anything and you know we've got money I can't believe I'm actually calling someone money, but we've got the character of money, um, and I don't, I don't, I don't feel bad for money, right? Because money is an absolute arsehole. But he's he's this is his, like him and Rocky are together, and this guy Alex is sniffing about, you know, and you know, I I think I would be a little bit like, whoa, whoa, you know, you back up a little bit there, buddy, you know, it's just. It's just the the dynamic of the whole thing is so bizarre because we are supposed to be rooting for these characters, you know, and there's just nothing to actually root for between any of the three of them. We are they try like I said they try to give us this like redemption arc for uh, Rocky with you know her family situation, but realistically, are the are the means justifying the ends for her? Not really, you know. I, I understand that she wants to get out of this her situation as quickly as possible, but this, you know, the, the, that's not no real way of uh, justifying committing felony crimes, you know. Right, so. it, and it it doesn't help also that they like found one of the worst child actors ever to play the younger sister it's just like i want to go to the beach (laughs) well there is no beach in detroit but there is in california do you want to go yeah that would be great (laughs) yeah it's um thankfully she's only in that one you know that that one scene because you know i think if we'd gotten any more of her that would have uh i think i might have turned the movie off to be honest it's not something (laughs) i ever do particularly often um I mean, since since we're 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 ripping this movie apart to begin with, so I feel like we should maybe continue in that manner, and then maybe we'll 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 build it back up, like you said, as we yes. go on. Um, so I have an issue, right, with the blind man, right now. Obviously, it's 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 you know, it's partially myth, probably partially true as well that you know if you lose one of your senses, your other senses, you know, become. A little bit more attuned and a little bit you know a little bit stronger just because you're you're you require them that much more to get around and obviously in this movie we're led to believe that the blind man has a particularly strong sense of smell <laughs> apparently comes along with that a bit of a foot fetish but you know it i i just find it really like they handle things so bizarrely like this guy is supposed to have this really strong sense of smell he can smell her shoes from across the room and go and find them and be like, there's someone else in this house. But he walks right past Alex at one point and doesn't even notice that he's there. Yeah, and you know they're sweating their ass off at, yeah. at this point. They're, they're scared. They've been climbing in windows and running around. And, you know, uh, and, and you know you know for a fact that she put on some nice smelling lotion at some point as well. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that, that just makes no sense. You're also not telling me that money doesn't wear some really bad cheap strong cologne that's absolutely <laughs> stinking out the whole house you know it's um 
yeah that, that, that's, it's just a bit of a plot hole that that has always bugged me about this movie it's just like you know it, it, for me it's just it, that's one of the laziest things for me is you know that's that's such an easy thing to notice it doesn't take someone with a, de- a film degree to pick up that that's not quite right you know and that's that's when i really hate when when the, those things happen and Freddy alvarez is better than that oh yeah you know yeah yeah oh yeah and I, I i you just look at money and know that he like bathes in like the poor man's nice cologne tommy hill figure so uh, yeah it <laughs> makes it makes no no sense how they couldn't find it. something else that doesn't make sense in this like and here we go let's pick this apart <laughs> the the line when they're planning for this and they're like there's at least three hundred thousand. now they didn't know that there were millions or whatever it is but they're saying like roughly they're thinking hundreds of thousands so somewhere around let's say three to five hundred thousand on a good day that their fencer they, they already said man that fencer is going to shit their pants when 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 we come back with all this money so he's getting his take and then they have to split it three ways and uh rocky's like if we do this job, we'll never have to do another one again. I mean, how, what, like 330000 to $50,000 basically is probably what you're looking at. And that's going to carry you for the rest of your life. Well, we already know that the guy takes 40% as well. You know, when that scene in the opening, when that, when they do that house in the beginning and, you know, he, they, they, cause they don't, that's their whole thing is they don't steal money. They steal possessions because it's a lesser crime. Um, you know, which I, it's one of those aspects I actually quite like is it kind of shows a little bit of intelligence on the character's part. You know, they talk about, well, we don't take money. Um, you know, we don't bring guns. We don't. If, and then once they, we find out that there is a lot more money, you know, they didn't like Alex brings up the fact that they don't want to take over 10,000 because then it becomes a fat. You know, all of these things is really smart. That's smart. But um, yeah, like you say, they take 4%. So even if it is the 300k initially that they believe there to be, you know, you're talking maybe, what, 160, 170,000 after the the, their, their, um, the fee has been taken off. And then, like you say, split three ways. So yeah, okay, don't get me wrong. I would quite like to have an extra 50 grand in my bank account right now. But that 50 grand is not going to set me up for life. And, you know, if, if, if Rocky wants to take her sister all the way across the other side of the country to start a new life... You know they're maybe going to need a bit more than fifty grand to get themselves sorted out. You know that that there's this. It just seems to be this weird thing that people can just up their up sticks and just go wherever they want with no money. You know it's fine. You know we'll just we'll work something out. No, that's not how life works. You know. No, especially if you're taking care of a child now in California. I've I've got news for you. California is expensive as hell. (laughs) That fifty grand is going to last you like three or four months. Yeah um geek out corner in the chat says but musty is musty especially if you've been running around also adrenaline can cut off smell in some cases so you know listen it's 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 just one of those things that i think you know if 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 the, the, the adrenaline is running for these characters all throughout the movie you know and he can still sniff her shoes from the other side of the bloody kitchen or wherever it is he can't but it's not only that like if you're walking past someone it's not even just a smell thing you know that the air is different you feel that air so yeah. hitting back at you you know you, you can sense you know people can sense when there is someone close by when they've just walked past someone so for me that was a particular moment that just stood out to me but um but yeah, yeah. yeah especially since he turns into like daredevil at a, at a certain point in this in this movie yeah now don't get me wrong i don't think i would like to take this guy on in a fight but one of the things that really sort of interests me as well about this movie um 
you know, when when we're talking about villains of horror movies, you know, and you know, I think the, those sort of big slasher um, movies is is you know a good thing to compare to. I know, obviously, we're talking about a slightly different subgenre here, but you know, the 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 villains, you know, are Michael Myers's, are Jasons. You know, these are all guys who have got superhuman strength superhuman senses you know they're they're so incredible they're so powerful they're relentless right here's a guy who cannot see right he is completely blind yes he's an army veteran he's well trained he's very strong physically but there is nothing about him that is superhuman and it's also one of the things that really it makes me feel like our heroes and i am using air quotes for heroes because i don't feel like there is a hero in this movie are heroes it makes them to me feel much less than because here's this guy with this massive disability this massive impediment that's that's that affects how he lives his entire life and yes obviously you know he's made adjustments to his house he you know he's in familiar surroundings but you're not telling me that he's still able to get around there better than these three people like that, that, that to me, it doesn't really wash with me. I mean, maybe in the dark, that that makes sense because yes, you're you're familiar with your own surroundings, and so they're not. So in the dark, they're going to be stumbling into things and all that, and you're going to be picking up on the sounds, and you kind of know where everything is. So I get that portion, but the vast majority of the movie is not spent in the dark, and in particular, that first struggle with money yeah where i mean they battle for the gun and hesitate for like a good two minutes and uh and those that are listening to this on the pod can't see what i'm doing it but those live can but for like a good two minutes they're struggling over the gun and then uh rocky is just over in the corner like yeah. <laughs> like bitch do something hit him in the head yeah it would have been like this movie could have been over in 10 minutes you know and they could have literally the only thing the only thing they wouldn't have gotten away with if that had happened is the money because they wouldn't have gotten the actual codes to the safe um you know but it is like it's just such a drawback rocky really could have you know just intervened at that point and between the two of them right there right then could have incapacitated this guy you know it's 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 these are the things that really just hold this movie back for me you know and 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 this is the situation multiple times this happens multiple times throughout the movie where Stephen lang the blind man is targeting one of these three and the other one is just standing right you know so right next to him you know and not really doing anything now i understand that a little bit more towards the end of the movie when he has got the gun because you know he's hearing noises and he's just literally shooting at noises that he hears I get that a little bit more, but there are so many times in this movie where that's not the case, and they could realistically just incapacitate him, and you know he would never be able to sort of fight back. It's 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 a little bit poor for me. Yeah, and, and another thing I that still confounds me to this day. I've seen this movie four times now. I watched it. I've watched it twice more or three more times, I'm sorry, for this view. And I saw it initially and then watched it three more times. And I kept, I rewound it, the scene and kept watching it. And I'm trying to figure out how this actually happened. So they trap themselves in the bedroom and they're like, we're trapped, no way out of here. And uh, Rocky gets away in the air duct and then the dog gets in and just knocks Alex out the window as easy as can be. Like he just basically like just leans against the window and gets out of the house. So and I don't know, I'm like, I'm rewinding. I don't know if we ever get really a clear shot of what that window actually was. 
but they never try to do anything. And if something is that flimsy, you'd think you'd see that and like, okay, we can get out of here. So that, I mean, that was just a huge plot hole for me. Yeah. And, and, and so that's the thing, like these characters actually realistically escape out the house relatively relatively easily you know um there and there's multiple ways of them to actually be able to do that you know and if they had just incapacitated the blind man in the beginning as they should have they would have easily managed to escape from this house even if you know all of these locks were on and the windows were all barred like you say you know we spend such a big portion of this movie with these characters being unable to break out of the house and then alex just very easily falls out the window and it just it feels it almost feels like the you know i almost as a viewer feel slightly cheated because everything i've just been told up until this point about you know we can't escape we could we or we can only get out through the basement or you know we need to get the keys to the door is completely thrown out pun intended completely thrown out the window because he is literally just <laughs> thrown out the window you know um so yeah i, I find that like this is the thing you know and to everyone listening i promise i will get into some positives soon because there are positives to this movie but it, it, there is a lot of drawbacks to this movie um so and, and that for me is definitely one of them you're right it's not something that's it's ever really and also as well um you know alex goes through the vents and gets knocked out but the dog doesn't actually then chase her any further so, you know, yeah she, 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 i mean she, i think it's a Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, she, she she sort of falls in this sort of crawl space, I'm assuming, between two rooms. And then, you know, she gets herself knocked out. And then we go back to Alex and, and sort of his predicament. And then she just wakes up and then manages to sort of get herself out of the walls. And I, I'm not really sure. Like, I don't, I, our buildings aren't really built like that over here, I don't think. So um, I, I'm not overly familiar with how, you know, crawl spaces and that work with houses, especially, you know, over... over over in the states but to me wouldn't the shouldn't the dog just have continued to go after her and then essentially attack and kill her uh, <laughs> i i've never i've never really uh crawled through the vents either <laughs> so even even living here i've never had a reason to but what what i took from that is like it was kind of straight down almost and so the dog didn't want it it was kind of like you know the edge of the cliff moment so the dog didn't want to go after so i mean that didn't bother me that the dog didn't go after but what bothered me is she didn't snap her neck i mean she landed head first and it does seem like quite a fall you know she falls very heavily so um she and or not even just snap her neck just snap anything you know she comes out of there and she's essentially uninjured you know i can't even like if i was to fall like off one step i think i would probably break my back or something you know and she falls down essentially the height of an entire two-story building um and and manages to come out fine it's uh it's you know we have to suspend our disbelief sometimes for movies but sometimes movies just ask us to do that a little bit too much um it is the home alone logic yeah. <laughs> it is yeah uh geek in the chat also says actually blind people are better uh better making themselves around their houses because of muscle memory the only reason i know is because i knew a blind person i swear he was crazy all over his house now mind you that's only his house other than that it's like a normal blind guy well that's what we're saying we're not saying that you know um he's not great at getting around his house yeah um, and, and obviously clearly in this movie the blind man is, is is excellent at getting around his house but you're not telling me that three people who have full sight full vision cannot 
I don't want to say outsmart because that makes me sound like makes it sound like I'm saying the blind man is dumb for being blind. That's not what I'm saying. But you essentially outsmart him and you know lead him away or trap him or incapacitate him. So you're not telling me that three fully grown adults who are who do not have um a visual impairment cannot maneuver themselves in a way that means they can get out of there okay. You know, for me that that that's the big thing about this movie. You know, we can talk about you know the the misogyny misogyny and we can talk about the you know whether or not it's right to include that kind of plot twist in those scenes that we've already talked about but in terms of you know if you're take you're boiling this down to just purely an ability standpoint I, I i'm not buying that that these three characters are so easily sort of bullied and beaten and and then you know ultimately killed by by this blind man there we go right um shall we talk maybe about a couple of positives <laughs> <laughs> unless you do you have anything else that you know in terms of drawbacks to this movie anything you want to add to anything that we've already mentioned yeah you know what i'm, I'm not done talking shit you know i'm gonna i'm gonna pull an ian for scream six <laughs> <laughs> I did have, I, I did very much, if you, if you haven't checked that episode, go check out, because I very much have my hold my beer moment, <laughs> because Boomer and Gabby are desperately trying to move this episode along, and I'm just like, no, hold on a second, I'm not done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just two more, like, real quick things, uh, just to touch on, so the, the first one that I thought was kind of funny is, like, the captured girl comes with, like, uh, her own backstory like she's holding the newspaper the newspaper clipping of the story uh which i thought was was like weird like did he just give that to her as like oh you better think about what you did or <laughs> you know is that just some random thing for us as the audience you know and the the final thing is like at the end Stephen Lang is doing his, we talked about like the big heavy hitters. I mean, he's doing his best, like Jason Voorhees impression. It's like, he's knocked out. No, he comes back. Okay. Now he's, he's tied up now. No, he's coming back. Oh, here comes the dog. Well, here's Stephen Lang again. Oh no, he's dead. No, he shoots the guy. You know, it's just like this same beat, like over and over again at the, at the end of this film, like that, that third act, even though I, like I said, I kind of appreciated the way uh, the the direction in it, uh, the way that they executed that was just really bizarre at times. <laughs> yeah, um, it's it's there, there's so much bizarreness around this movie. I mean, could this movie have any more sort of false finishes? I don't think I, have, have we ever seen a movie that has got as many false finishes as this. And I'm probably going to piss a lot of animal lovers out there off and you know i'm a person who love animals i fucking hate this dog so much in this movie because it's just a, it, it, it's one of the things because it's very easily you know a drawback but it's it, it's also i think one of the positives of this movie it, it kind of falls on both sides for me because at times um you know our villains are are, are stephen lang and his 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 dog they are relentless in this movie and that definitely helps add to the levels of tension that we feel the sort of overall claustrophobia of the movie you know everything else that goes along with that 
However, you know, there is also just this sense, you know, they get the better of him in the basement and they manage to handcuff him. And then he gets free, you know? And then, you know, she manages to escape out of the house. And you think, okay, that's it over because how's he going to get her outside? But then the dog comes into play. And then it's a case of, right, she's gotten into the car and then she's being tormented by the dog in the car. Right, okay, she's managed to trap the dog and has escaped from the car. Then he manages to get her again and drag her back to the house. And then, you know, she manages to escape. And, you know, it just... There is a point in this movie where you're just like, come on, right? One of these has to just be it, you know? And I'm all for twists and turns and, you know, red herrings and things like that. But for me, there's just like one too many in this movie. Like, just, you know, I think we could have just had, you know, if she'd escaped from the car from the dog and gotten away, right, fine. Let's just have that be, you know, they're just the, or take one of the other ones out. You know, there's just a one too many of those for me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, we even get um, Alex that just comes back for, for no reason. I still don't, I don't well, get that. that. Well, I don't it. understand. You know, he, 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 for, you know, we have that red heading halfway through that we, but he gets killed with a pair of garden shears. And then, you know, that turns out to not be the case because that's the thing as well, you know, and, and you know, and I am someone who is visually impaired um, for, you know, I, I'm half blind. So um, for, for people who are unaware, um, you know, and there th does feel like there is a touch of insensitivity around blindness in this movie, you know, from the, the picture of his daughter being upside down on the sort of cell. And then, you know, him missing him and stabbing you know there's just like did these moments really need to be in here you've told us he's blind you don't need to then you know have upside down pictures and you know <laughs> stuff like that it, it, you know what i mean it's just like it feels yeah. like they're really sort of taking it over really going ott now don't get me wrong I, i'm not sitting here saying that that offends me as, as 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 someone who has a visual impairment in fact i actually find it kind of funny but i do kind of find it funny in a slightly cringe way yeah yeah i do okay i'm done i'm done no more negatives i'm good <laughs> you know what maybe i'm not done <laughs> no, I'm <sorry. laughs> um yes okay right let's talk about some of the things we really like about this movie um all things said and done this movie is incredibly tense the tension of this movie like you know throughout is from as soon as they break into his house is for me really incredible and it's so because it's so contained within that house the claustrophobia that that, that invoked especially you know later on when you get down to the basement and then that scene in the dark you know i think the, the sort of the way that that's shot and done i think is is really excellent the camera work and the overall sort of sort of um atmosphere of this movie is really really quite something oh it really yeah it really is one of the one of the most unique and intense scenes that I've seen, and I, I, I get that it's, you can kind of look towards Silence of the Lambs a, a little bit in this, but it's not done the same way. So this is still its own thing. And I don't I don't want anybody to misconstrue that, but whenever she's walking down that, that space in between the shelves and then uh, the blind man just appears out of the dark not like like he just shows up like he's standing there but the camera just reveals him and like she get, is getting closer and closer and almost touches him when alex makes the sound is phenomenal yeah. it's it, it's so good like i was getting like goosebumps like oh god what's you know what's what's gonna happen so i mean there there are several things in, in this 
in this movie that just ratchet up the tension to such a degree that you kind of forget that moral uh, ambiguity with our with our main characters. And so it, it, it's 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 so good at at doing those those things and and heightening that that suspense that uh you were just like literally in that moment um like it's it's almost like you're you're traveling with her like right behind her you're like don't you know stop you know, it, it's it's amazing well one of the things i actually really love about that moment as well is you know like you you mentioned this the, that sort of scene in silence of the lambs and um you know one of the things that happens when a scene like that is you know one of the characters obviously one of the characters can see that's the point, you know, in that scene in Silence of the Lamb, Buffalo Bill, he's wearing his night vision goggles. He can see. Right. One of the great things I think about this scene is that us as the viewer, we're the only ones that actually know what's potentially about to happen because, you know, Rocky, she can't see what's going on in the dark. Equally, you know, the blind man cannot see what's going on. They, neither of them actually know how close they are to each other. And that to me is something that's really quite interesting as well, because that's not really something that happens very often where not neither your your hero or your villain actually know how close they are to you know to one another there's always sort of one in the know so then what this movie actually does is it takes that sort of responsibility of knowing what's about to happen and it places it firmly with the viewer yeah yeah i mean it, it's it, exactly like and there's times that like that doesn't work when like things are done strictly for uh, for the audience, but in in this one, yeah, it's it's very much intentional. It's uh, in the like the the storytelling and all that is is fantastic. And something like again, like what it plays with your it, it plays with your uh, your uh, expectations in some of those suspense moments. Like again, it's it's weird that uh, Alex was able to find the right key on that basement door, like the very first one <laughs> in that ring of keys. But still. Uh, it's it, it, it could, works it could really happen. well to where <laughs> it's it's right. He's he's very he's very lucky. So uh, that that's not out of the realm of possibility. So sure, that's fine. We'll 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 go with this one. But they keep flashing back to the door, and the last thing you've seen is the blind man standing at the top of the ladder, and you like you feel like he's coming down there at any moment. He's gonna like bust through and start shooting or or whatever and fuck him up, and uh, so your heart is racing. And then they they open it and you're like, oh my goodness, well, okay. Uh, and then he's standing at the top of the stairs outside of the house. Fucking great. I, I I love like not only how it uses the tension, but it like it turns some of that some of those beats like on their on their heads in this in this one. Yeah, definitely. And it, it's 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 just it's it's really frustrating. It really frustrates me about this movie because it in spite of everything, I really want to like this movie. And I don't know if that's maybe also down to the fact of the people involved. You know, we've kind of briefly touched upon, you know, we've got, you know, Ferry Alvarez as our, our writer and our director who um, has directed what, in my opinion, is, you know, the greatest Evil Dead movie <laughs> of all time. We you know we've got Jane Levy in here who plays the lead character in said movie. Um, and I will st I will stick by that, you know. is is I think we've, have we reached the point where we have our little Evil Dead discussion? Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, um, just just to remind everyone how you feel about the 2013 Evil Dead remake. Yeah, you know, I'm not that far off from where you are. The Evil Dead 2013 is my second favorite in in the franchise. So even though that I grew up with the that original trilogy, and I watched them, I watched them all back back in the day. And Evil Dead 2 is, of course, always my favorite, always will be. But 
2013 does so much good stuff. Uh, and so speaking of Fetty Alvarez, Fetty Alvarez really knows how to capture violence on screen. And that that's something, so this is obviously not Evil Dead 2013, which is is fantastic and unique in its in its in its own way. But there there are some similarities in here. So that, of course, that's deadites and it's over the top and, and crazy. Whereas this is very grounded, but you still get that ultra violence, whether it's like he's just beating the shit out of uh, you know Rocky or Alex or something like that, to where you know he he flips that gun and in slow motion just just blasts money in the face. And so, like the 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 violence in this in this movie is really really visceral and uh, and and on point for for Fetty Alvarez, which makes me uh, you know on another point like really interested to see what he does with this new Alien movie. Yes, yes, it's obviously Alien uh, Alien Romulus that's going to be coming out. Um, there's not a huge amount I think known about it at the moment in terms of. You know plot points and and casting and, and things like that but it does make me really interesting it is it's 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 a much more visceral experience you have here you know and, I, and it was a conscious effort of him when he was you know writing this movie i think he wanted to do something that was really different from evil dead you know Freddy alvarez as is as a director is someone who's who's especially amongst sort of horror the horror fandom you know has gone on to become quite quite well quite well liked to be honest i think as, as an overall director but he actually doesn't have a huge amount of credits to his name at the minute you know and i was sort of looking through it you know we're, we're talking evil dead we're talking this movie he did you know write part of the second movie as well but he didn't direct it he did the from dust till dawn tv series i'm not sure if you're uh, super familiar with with that um and obviously, I've he, heard it was good. I, I haven't seen it. I've heard it was decent. I've not watched it yet either. Um, and he's obviously got the new Alien movie coming up. So there's something about him that sort of, you know, that studios as well have complete faith in him to take these massive properties, these massive intellectual properties. Alien is one of the biggest intellectual properties there is in terms of horror, you know, out there. And and it's not even horror if you go further. You know, sci-fi. You know, and it's out there. It's it's on the it's on the Disney now. You know, Disney um owning the, the the intellectual property for it and then in terms of horror pure horror franchises you know evil dead is 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 one of the biggest and probably most loved i think the only one that's probably loved more is scream and i think that's absolutely insane because i don't think that franchise deserves to be loved more than the evil dead one but that's that's a discussion for a different episode you know so he's someone that that, that clearly knows what he's doing he knows how to build horror and he knows how to do it in a variety of different manners and settings you know evil dead 2013 is a vastly different movie to this one you know both uh, even though it's a much more serious evil dead movie and this is a very serious movie tonally the two movies are still very different you know they're still you know that is still quintessentially an evil dead movie in terms of you know how mean and horrible but also still how fantastical you know that you know i think back to that big finale scene you know with the abomination with the blood raining down you know there's nothing like that in 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 this movie in don't breathe but what we do have is and one of the moments i think that really sort of hits it for me is when uh, the blind man is fighting alex in the the the, the utility room or whatever it is and he is just punching him in the face and you can you oh, through the screen you can almost feel every single one of those punches landing you know there's no big massive sound effects going on it's just literally him and pure strength just absolutely caving this guy's face in. 
Yeah. I mean, it's, it's uncomfortable in a good, in a, in a, like a, a really, really good way. Uh, and yeah, I mean, whether it's, whether it's that, you know, his, his use of the violence in this to, to, to make you feel on edge and uncomfortable, um, or just some of the shots in it when it's in the dark and there's the, the close up of the blind man's face and he looks like almost alien or, or something. It just looks, he just looks off and it's, uh, it's, it's a really, really striking image. So it's his, yeah, his direction in this is, is fantastic. Uh, writing, maybe not as much, but the, at least the direction in this is, is absolutely incredible. Um, but yeah, the best part of this movie is Stephen Lang. I mean, I believe Stephen Lang is like a scary dude. Like if, <laughs> if I think he's, he's gotta be what, like 70 and he looks amazing. Oh yeah, I think I think um, I think you're right. I think he is about there. He was. I'm trying to quickly look up. He is currently, yeah, he's he's 71 now. So he'll have been, you know, just maybe early 60s when this was coming out. So maybe 61, 62, around the time that this movie was coming out. So you know, even when this movie was released, you know, he's still a guy who you know is maybe on the slightly later end of. Uh, you know, maybe going into his sort of twilight years, maybe as as a, in, as an acting career, and here we are. You know, a decade later, he's in his seventies. He is a scary fucking dude. The, he, he, you know, I don't know if it's a case of, you know, they're relying on you know what we know about the character combined with you know that sort of that old man strength that people get. You know, that guys <laughs> get when they reach a certain age. Um, but he he he's he's not someone like in this movie that you really want to fuck with. However, you know, he's probably one of the most well he's, he's such a well-liked individual you know in real life you know he's a very 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 well respected you know actor and he's been in a number of huge movies you know um you know d doesn't really matter how you feel about it but you know uh avatar is you know one of the most profitable franchises of all time you know he, he's he's obviously here for for horror people you know he's got the don't breathe franchise you've already mentioned vfw which i agree with you is, is is such a great fun movie that everyone should go check out i really need to you know get that added to the uh to the schedule at some point it's i've been meaning to add that for some time you know so you see someone is you know and that and that's just you know just picking up on a couple you know this this guy's had a really quite you know illustrious career um and you know there i, I don't think i've ever heard a story of him really you know pissing people off or being difficult to work with it just seems like a relatively well-liked guy all around um and then here he is just being an absolute beast and and looking great and intimidating as fuck and you know i'm 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 a guy i'm in my early 30s i i, I, I don't think i'd want to go up against this guy you know <laughs> no. Um, no no i'm i'm gonna agree with that <laughs> you know um and then but then beyond that as well you know i just want to I, I will briefly bring up jane levy as well um because this is one of the things you know we, we've talked about the characters and we've talked about how reprehensible they are there's no one to root for um you know even you know even um the, the the person who who killed his daughter you know she killed his daughter you know she did something completely reprehensible in her life you know so even even then even though she's going through this really horrific thing you know she's she's still someone who is of low moral standing you know, um, but what I will say is that all of these uh, actors have per performed their characters and fulfilled their roles incredibly well. This is a very well performed movie. You know, J the, you know, in terms of that sort of nice guy friend zoned person, I feel like um, 
Dylan Minnette, who plays Alex, does a really good job at sort of fulfilling that role because that's exactly what it's like. You know, that nice guy who's hanging around the, the girl that he, you know, he ultimately is hoping to get with, it does have that creepy factor in real life. You know, so I, he, he plays that really well. Money, you know, is this asshole boyfriend who, you know, is trying to, like, show how big he is and try and be gangster. And, you know, and he even says that in the movie, you know, when he pulls out the gun and he's just like, oh, yeah, it's pure gangster or whatever. You know, it's in, you know, he plays that very well. And then you've got Jane Levy, who I think performs her role really well as this person coming from a troubled background and then is trying to do whatever it takes to get away. You know, the, the characters, are, the, the roles of the characters are all fulfilled very well by their actors. It's just a shame that they're all dickheads. <laughs> yeah no yeah i love and i love yes jane jane levy she's she's amazing i can't believe like she has not picked up more roles it's it's really weird i heard that there was like this falling out with her and fetty alvarez which makes me sad uh but i think um from the last thing that that i heard they they've kind of patched that up a little bit so i don't know what the whole story was or if that's if that's exactly accurate but I, I hate it when when something like that happens and yeah i can't believe that she is not in more stuff i can't believe she's not getting the uh oh the wednesday treatment i don't know what what her name is and i know that uh the the roles that she's chosen are not as i mean both of the things that she's chosen have been massive commercial successes as far as like in the in the horror genre but not like to that universal appeal so i i get that there's a little bit of, of difference there but it's it's just that's that's weird to me and yeah, I mean, you talked about money and he is like the unsung, really good actor in this, like, because nobody mentions him, but you're right. Like he does this character that has like just this lack of self-awareness of who he really is and what his actual limitations are. And he does it brilliantly. Like it's seamless. Like you just, you, you, you don't see this actor. You see this, this character that he's, that he's portraying. It's fantastic. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, I think, I, I believe you're talking about Jenna Ortega you know, getting the Wednesday treatment, you know, and she's currently, you know, in pretty much everything, everything, that's everything that's going on, you know, and you're right. I think Jane Levy, you know, she really did have the potential, I think, to be up there with Jenna Ortega. And, and well, I think I'll, I'll throw, um, someone who I know you're very fond of, Mia Goth, in there as well. You know, oh, yeah. Mia Goth and Jenna Ortega are very much, they, they're the two, I don't even want to say rising stars anymore of horror because especially Jenna, she's been in so much now uh, in such a short space of time. But Mia Goth as well, you know, even if you are you are just simply talking about the X franchise, which is bizarre because it came out last year and already there's a full fucking franchise of it, you know. It's just one of those most bizarre things. But, you know, Mia Goth as well. Uh, and she really did have the ability, I think, Jane Levy, to go on and, and get that kind of treatment. Yeah, I think you're right. Her choices may be slightly have held her back a little bit she was also in uh, the castle rock tv series um she played jackie torrance in that um and she is in the upcoming remake of a toxic avenger as well i'm not sure i did see that that um, that made me excited i'm, um, I'm really excited for that now based on the fact that her role is cheerful insurance rep i'm not sure how big her role in the movie is going to be but I, I hope we get to see a little bit of her but even just looking at the i mean i don't know if you've looked at the actual cast for that movie the cast for that movie is absolutely stacked um you've got jason uh, uh, jacob trembley you've got kevin bacon elijah wood pierre Dinklage, you've got Jane Levy in there. You know, it's 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 an absolutely stacked cast. So um, I'm very much excited to see what to see what they're doing with that. But yeah, 
overall, you know, and, and, and it is one of the things, I think it is one of the things that also adds to this movie as well, is we have got this tiny cast of characters, you know, we have our three, our, our three uh, burglars, we've got Stephen Lang, and we've got the, the woman who killed his daughter. And essentially that's it. I know at the beginning, you know, you have like the dealer and the family and at the end, you know, but the, the, they're really by the by. For the, you know, four-fifths of this movie, we are focused on these five people and and that is it. Right. And I, I think that's that's a good thing, especially for this this type of film. And, I, you know, I, I hate to use the word restraint uh, in this movie, but I'm I'm so happy that there wasn't just like some random mailman or something that showed up just for like an extra kill or two or something like that. That they they really just focused on the the dynamic between uh, these characters. And so yes, I at least in this and in, in that aspect, I, I enjoy the restraint in it and get focus on each one of these because you even if you don't like them, you you find out who they are and they're they're pretty fleshed out and all that stuff. So I I I, I did enjoy that. Okay, um, I think I—I I mean, I'm—I've covered most of my points. Um, I would just like to say, you know, that in terms of, I, I, we have kind of mentioned it. I think this this movie is shot incredibly well. You know, we've already kind of mentioned that with a couple of the scenes. You know, the scene in the dark where where Stephen Lang just sort of emerges. You know, but some there's some just like individual shots that are just incredible. Like you said, that moment where he's just sort of standing at his front door as as rocky escapes but even earlier in the movie you know when um money goes to sort of incapacitate him with the with the the, the smoke bomb whatever it is that he's going to set off in his room and then the camera pans back you know and he's just setting up you know because there's the, the, that's the other thing there's so much done with with nothing being said in this movie as well you know because there's not a huge amount of dialogue in this and and to me that's that's a, such a smart decision as well because that also helps ratchet up the tension because you know we we're not getting told anything we're having to look at it in with our own eyes you know um with that being said is there anything else any other positives or anything you'd like to add to anything that we have already talked about no actually i think i think we did a pretty good job of of covering just about everything in this have we built it back up enough <laughs> I, I i think that we did okay i, I think, think that... <laughs> i think we did all right as well right okay let us get into our next segment and we will talk about some trivia i'm sure if we bashed your head in all sorts of secrets would come tumbling out as always, we'll start off with the finances. Uh, according to IMDb, this movie had a budget of just under $10 million, so $9.9 million, according to IMDb, grossing worldwide $157.7 million. So no wonder there was a sequel. Um, well, I say a sequel. It's I think it's more of a prequel, but, you know, no, no wonder there was a second movie. Um, however, that second, you know, the again, the less we say about the second movie, the better but um huge financial success this movie again you know 2016 a, a time where i think we were really you know this is really where we were starting to come into this sort of golden era because i think we're in the middle of a golden era of horror uh, you know and and i think you agree with me on that but i think 2016 is right at the beginning of that sort of era that we're in you know so we're really talking about the last sort of seven eight years so maybe just maybe one of the movies that sort of really was part of that initial boom i think from the sort of early teens you know where again there was maybe that little bit of malaise with horror we had some good stuff coming out but it was 
in the minority, in my opinion, of what was coming out at the time. And then, you know, some sort of maybe slightly earlier, 2015, 2016 onwards, you know, we're suddenly getting this boom of having multiple big hitter horror movies coming out, you know, every single year. Um, I immediately lost my place. <laughs> That's always good. Uh, Stephen Lang um, wore contact lenses that greatly restricted his vision, particularly in the low light. Um, so he was actually you know, kind of visually impaired for the majority of the movie. Uh, the other actors in the scene that we talked about that took place in the dark, they wore lenses as well that made them look like they had dilated pupils, but that also restricted their vision as well. So in that scene in the dark, none of the, that neither actually, none of the actors can actually see what's going on, which I think is a bit of a stroke of genius. <laughs> Yeah, it is. And it kind of makes me want to watch the outtakes, like if there are some, <laughs> just to watch them. Yeah, bump, I, can imagine, I can imagine they had an absolute blast with that. Um, I find this interesting. So in, we've obviously talked about Evil Dead, but in contrast to his previous work on Evil Dead 2013, director Fede Alvarez decided that this movie would have less blood, an original storyline, more suspense, and no dependence on spooky supernatural elements, which he felt was currently overused, which is fine. Fair enough. He wants this to be a much more visceral thing, um, which to me then just makes this whole scene the scene. I'm just going to call it the scene, because I think if you've seen this movie, you know what we're talking about. That just makes that scene just stand out apart from it so much more, because, you know, we ha he wants to have this much more sort of visceral, you know, realistic storytelling, and then to then throw that in just it just makes it feel even more cheap because it almost feels as if he hasn't therefore believed in everything that he's made up to that point which is ridiculous because he's made a really fucking good horror movie up to that point yeah yeah it, it is really a really baffling choice in this because this movie could have gone from i mean it made a lot of money uh so more power to you. I mean, who am I to say? Maybe I'm wrong. I mean, maybe I'm wrong to me. But just in my opinion, I understand everybody has their own opinion. But it could have elevated. The, oh, God, I shouldn't have used that word. It uh, could have. <laughs> <laughs> it could have brought this movie up uh, a, a little bit more if if they didn't include that and made it such such a tighter thriller uh, than than what it turned out to be. But I think as well, you know, it, it it's maybe, you know, it, it could cut you know it, listen there's no denying that it has shock value right it absolutely has shock value people were were talking about the time and i remember listening to podcasts that were talking about this movie when it was released and you know people that i knew who'd seen this movie being like oh my god like this this there's one scene in this movie that you kind of have to see right and and it, it definitely had that sort of whole word of mouth thing going on but the fact that it's so out of place i think had I think then went on to possibly harm the sequel as well. The sequel didn't even take a third of the amount of money that this movie took. Now, don't get me wrong, I think the sequel is a, nowhere near the quality of this movie as well, so that obviously plays a part in it as well. But I think that will have definitely turned a lot of people off from wanting to even go and check out the second movie, is the fact that there was this scene in the first one. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I, it was something else that stuck out to me from that. And it was like kind of funny to me is that whoever wrote that piece of trivia had to highlight that this film was going to have less blood in it than <laughs> Evil Dead 2013. Like, no shit. Yeah, like, I think I think it, it, I can't did Evil Dead Rise overtake it. Evil Dead was the holder, I think, for most 
fake blood used on a movie set of all time. I'm not sure if Evil Dead Rise has overtaken it or not, but I think that, you know, like, for a... You don't need to say that your movie's gonna have less blood <laughs> than Evil Dead 2013, because, you know, if it had more blood, then fine, you can shout about that, but really, you know, like... Oh, it's that, yeah, the wild. Uh, a couple of slightly, maybe, more lighthearted things. The, the street where the blind man lives is called Buena Vista, which in Spanish means good view. Um, you know, so maybe just again, maybe just poking a little bit of fun at the fact that their their main antagonist in this movie is blind. Um, originally, the movie was going to be called A Man in the Dark, which I believe is still the title for a lot of um, other countries, non English speaking countries. Literally, I think that their their translation for this movie is A Man in the Dark. So, um, that would have been the name. Uh. The creators of this film, Ferry Alvarez and the other writers, um, initially had an even darker ending in mind. Uh, so, Rocky was not supposed to make it out of the house. Instead, the blind man locks her up in a cell, and even though the police come to investigate the burglary, they miss the door to her cell. But the writers thought that that ending was too downbeat. <laughs> so they changed it to Rocky escaping, but the blind man getting away with his crimes. The fact that you know, they thought that that was too downbeat, but what we got was perfectly fine. You know, it's, <laughs> yeah. just, it's just a little bit baffling. To yeah, me. that was awful. And that really would have taken away from this feel-good story. Yeah. Um, this movie is apparently potentially inspired by some real-life events. Now, I do want to predicate this by saying that the, the impregnation aspect of the storyline and the sexual assault aspect of the storyline is not based on potential true events but the actual whatever came before that potentially was um the real life killing of Haley Kiefer and Nicholas Brady in 2012 um Kiefer and Brady broke into the home of uh, Byron David Smith a retired 64 year old uh, in Little Falls Minnesota Smith armed with the gun shot the teen separately as they entered his basement where he was hiding um he later stated to the police that he was worried about them uh, being armed after shooting them once, he repeatedly taunted them whilst they were injured and then shot them again until they were dead. Um, he didn't report the crimes until the day after, keeping their corpses in his closet. Um, and he was later found guilty of two counts of premeditated first-degree murder. So the, there is belief that the, the, the plot line to this, or the main thread of this, is loosely based on that. So, Aside from that, that's what I have got for trivia for this Um I don't feel like there's much else to really say. I certainly don't want to get into any sort of trivia around, you know, what was in that jar. <laughs> you know, I hope they just decided, you know, we'll just, you know, use some milk or something. I, I really don't want to know. Um, is there anything else, you know, trivia-wise that you, you're, you're aware of or you would like to highlight or shall we go on? No, we can just go on because I, I never do research, so... <laughs> that's fine you're still more prepared than nico is for these things uh, that's fine we shall move on then to our final segment which is the ratings and the reviews a census taker once tried to test me i ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice chianti as always we'll start off with the critics scores uh imdb has this movie rated as a 7.1 out of 10 which metacritic also has this rated as a 7.1 out of 10 um which for me is slightly surprising because metacritic especially in terms of rating movies is usually pretty harsh 
um, with their ratings. Um, you can fill Nico's shoes this week, Boomer. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes. What would you? Uh, or are you already aware of the Rotten Tomatoes scores? No, I haven't. I haven't no. looked. Okay. What would you? Would you like this. to hazard a guess then at what the Rotten Tomatoes critics and the Rotten Tomatoes audience have scored this movie? Okay. Um, I'm gonna say that the audience is, and because of some of the 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 camera work and some of some of the things that that we kind of highlighted is good i'm going to say that the audience is going to be lower than the actual critics so i'm going to say that the critics are a 78 and the audience would be a 65 i mean you're right the audience uh did score this movie lower and um around about that sort of gap in between them the the, the 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 scores though are actually slightly higher so rotten tomatoes critics scored as 88 percent fresh oh my god with wow. the rotten okay. tomatoes audience scoring at 79 percent so it was around that sort of 10 percentage point difference um but a little bit higher the, the, you know critics and everyone seems like everyone really high on this movie um I will get into some people who are not so high on this movie in a little bit, but you know, yeah, like they 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 all seem to love it. Critics' consensus is: don't breathe. Smartly twists its sturdy premise to offer a satisfyingly tense, chilling addition to the home invasion genre that's all the more effective for its simplicity. Now, that would be fine if it wasn't for that scene, because that would be absolutely correct. But that scene makes this simplicity irrelevance to the rest of this movie because that is not a simple scene <laughs> but, it's not uh, a simple scene it's not a simple ending i, I don't uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, as always we throw it out to you guys our followers and our listeners and uh unlike in mine and nico's previous episode um which if you're watching this live hasn't been released yet um uh, on long time dead because no one has seen that that movie um you guys actually have scores and opinions for us um in that last episode i actually had to do a poll of our and you maybe saw it of our, our followers on social media just to see if anyone had actually seen that movie because when i threw it out <laughs> there was just like no response and i was like oh god are we just doing a movie that no one's even heard of uh, and it turned out yeah we were doing a movie that no one really heard of so uh, but no you guys actually have some thoughts and opinions so um eric courtney on twitter says i enjoyed it great horror concept and story eight out of ten uh, our friends the horror flicks and guitar picks podcast uh ren was on the show uh, a couple of episodes ago um they give it a six and a half out of ten it's a fun and fresh idea but when you start to dive into the logic behind the plot it falls apart very quickly and popular opinion i prefer the sequel even though it shares the same issues i just think my expectations were way lower going into that one there is maybe something to be said about that there maybe it maybe was a, a much lower expectation going into the sequel because even though i think in general it's not rated as high as this first one I think it's rated higher than it deserves. Like th th this movie's being rated highly. I still can understand why people really like this movie. I don't really get it so much with the sequel. Um, no. So yeah, six and a half out of ten for them. Tom Wilding gives it a seven point five. A couple of really great performances though. Um, Howie says breathtaking. Pun intended. I had anxiety the whole time, and that turkey baster scene made my heart drop to my ass. I swear, I actually wasn't breathing. Nine out of ten. Uh, and then finally, Achilles Neal says the protagonists 
weren't like stupid or anything, but damn, I would survive this so easily. Seven <laughs> out of ten. Is this just one of those movies where you just think, yeah, you know what? I think I would survive this. Yeah, this is, I mean, as much as you don't want to want Stephen Lang's hand, you know, to, for him to get his hands on you, um, barring that, yeah, you, sh you, you should be able to turn the tables pretty easily. Yeah, yeah, you know, we've, we've kind of talked about that um, uh, at length. Uh, we're so, I, I decided, given that, you know, you're back on the show, that I'm going to bring back our, 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 our letterbox uh, shit review segment. I, I've, I've renamed the segment and just called it the shit show now. Um, <laughs> so I'd basically just have a look through some of these sites um, where we uh, talk about the movie and just, just reading out some of the shit reviews because, you know, it's very easy. I think one of the things that sort of, you know, over... Now I think we're 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 coming up for our two year anniversary in the next few months of this podcast. Um, one of the things we've we've sort of learned is, for as much as we love our listeners and and their thoughts and opinions, you guys are very generous. You know, it was one of the things that uh, Ren I think highlighted when he was on this show. Um, that um, our listeners are are heavy generous about a lot of the movies that we talk about. So um, I decided to bring back the shit show just for the interests of balance um so uh this one person writes every minute was more terrible than the last somehow each time i thought it could not get more stupid it did wow you know um there is probably something to be said for the stupidity of our characters because you know they make some they make some horrendous decisions yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, the i i still don't get either the, the like the bottle in the room like that he put that in there he's out and then two seconds later he's in the room so yeah like what the sure fuck was all about like you could have just you know handcuffed him to the bed or something there and then and bound and gagged him you know and you probably would have had a much better outcome so yeah i'm not, I'm not too sure about that um this next person says to be honest i would rather not breathe than have to rewatch this <laughs> It's always good when when viewers would rather choose death than than watching a movie, you know. Um, when this next person goes, and this is this person is shouting this. This is in all capitals. Why would you pee on the floor of a home you are burglarizing? Did the wet bandits teach you nothing? You know, we didn't even talk about the fact that he is just pissing on the floor of the houses that they burgle. Uh, yeah. I lost a loss for words. So fucking lame and somehow borderline offensive. Five out of five for unlikable characters. I think I think we're in agreement with that one. Yeah, um, why did the cum jar contain so many hairs? <laughs> um, for anyone, uh, Zogglebox has just joined us in the chat. If you've not seen this movie, um, you might have no fucking clue what we're talking about. But you know, there, there's a, uh, you know, there's. A cum jar in this movie that's got hairs in it, you know, pretty bog standard it's, stuff, right? <laughs> it's apparently a very angry masturbator. Yeah. Uh, finally, <laughs> cum is usually where I draw the line, and this movie had so much damn cum in it. <laughs> and I think if I never say that again on the podcast, I think it will be just too soon. Um, thank you to everyone who sent us your thoughts, opinions, uh, and scores on the movie. Boomer, that just, well, actually, that doesn't leave, I, I'm missing someone out. I'm missing out Nico, because even though he's not here, he still decided to leave me with his score for this movie. Nico is a big fan of this movie, and he's given it an 8 out of 10. So, 
high score from Nico. Nico's a generous score. If Nico likes your likes a movie, he just scores it generously. And if he dislikes, there's no middle ground with that man. <laughs> 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 and if you're listening to this, Nico, fuck you. <laughs> uh, that now that just leaves me and you, Boomer, on a scale of z- scale, sorry, of zero to ten, what would you rate? Don't breathe. All right, and I am disappointed in these letterboxd reviews somebody definitely missed the trick of saying like this movie should have been called don't watch but <laughs> oh well um uh, so we 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 talked about the good we talked about uh the bad and i to me they are it's it's pretty it's it's, it's pretty even it's this movie is right down the middle for me because it does so much right and then uh just tanks itself um right there at the end but also i mean even before we get there we've we've talked about some of the logic issues and all all kinds of some of the some of the problems that it has um and i think that like whenever i first messaged you you thought i was going to come down probably like really low on this on this film but there are some things that i do enjoy about it and so it is smack in the middle this is a five out of ten for me it's 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 fine you're right i did think you were going to come down a little bit lower than that um but I think that, that that's the thing. I think there is sort of a universal, you know, understanding that there's a lot of good in this movie. There's a lot of stuff done right. This stuff is in the hands of people who clearly know what they're doing, and they've 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 ratcheted up the the tension of this movie. We've talked about you know the tension and the sort of general atmosphere and the performances and some of those shots. You know, this 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 is a movie that's in general done really really well. Apart from that scene, you know, that scene just takes takes so much out of this movie. Yes, is that is it shocking? Absolutely, it's completely shocking. Like, you know, there that this movie does definitely have that holy fucking shit moment, but it's not a holy shit moment that's that that should be there. You know, it's so out of place, and um, and it definitely is a big detractor to this movie for me. Without that 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 scene or had they gone you know one of the other ways that you know we talked about earlier i could easily see me giving this movie you know an eight or a nine out of ten mm-hmm. i really think it's that well made however um i, I can't give it that score but with, with that in it I, i'm still going to give it a slightly higher score than, than you've given it because i I'd still i would still go back and revisit this movie i still recommend that people go check this movie out um i'm going to give it a 6.5 Okay. Yeah, that's 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 fair. I knew it was going to be lower than 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 you were on it. And I, you know, and I'm t- completely fair with my rating. Like I have not watched this movie since it came back out. Didn't just had no desire to until you put that on the list and I was like, "Okay, well, I got to I got to watch it." But it's not one that ever comes up for me like in <laughs> in chats people for recommendations or anything and I haven't returned to it. So it's yeah. just a yeah. It also continues the, the thread of you coming on this podcast to talk about movies that you're not particularly high on as well, <laughs> after your appearance for Lost Boys the Tribe, you know? Um, so that's Lost Boys the Tribe. At least you liked House of a Thousand Corpses. So. I loved House of a Thousand Corpses, yeah. I was higher on that one. I love that movie, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so 6.5 for me, 8 from Nico, 5 from yourself, Boomer. Um, I think, you know... I, I can see why Nico's rating it that high. I can see why people really like this movie. But for me, I, I, I can also see the people who are on the total opposite end of that scale and uh, are just, are just you know, hating on it. So, yeah, I think when, when you've got something in your movie that is so polarizing, you know, that for, for, for so many people, that one scene completely switches them off from this movie and turns this movie 
into a one out of ten or a zero out of ten you know that that scene literally has the potential to do that for a lot of people um you know i think for 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 us to sort of fall in that sort of middle ground that sort of five six sort of range i think is about right um with that being yeah. said all of our scores combined with the critics and you our listeners scores gives don't breathe an average score of 7.3 out of 10 and it puts it in 31st place of the now 76 movies that we have reviewed on this podcast it's um one place above american an american werewolf in london and one place below saw it's an interesting place to be for this movie i think um yeah. i think i think i would rather i mean i wasn't as high on an american werewolf in london on a rewatch which i know is pretty sacrilegious to a lot of people out there um i, I actually rated it the same as i rated don't breathe i also gave that movie a six and a half i think and i and i kind of think i stand by that i think if someone was to say oh which one of these two would you rather watch i'm not 100 percent sure i'd know which one to pick i would however much rather watch saw than both of those movies so you know that's just kind of where my taste is <laughs> um but you know yeah, it's, it's really it's funny the... carry on oh i'm sorry i was just gonna say it's it's really funny because i would much rather watch an american werewolf in london than um you know the adventures of a turkey baster and <laughs> saw like where it's where it's at it's crazy because saw in this movie are kind of similar for me like you know i'm not the, like the biggest saw franchise fan in, in the world so yeah i mean i the american werewolf yes um is is kind of the outlier for me but those two right there together at 31 makes all the sense to the world honestly it, it, it's just it's becoming very interesting because obviously the further and further we get into this podcast and the more and more that this sort of leaderboard that we're creating kind of takes form the more movies that get into it it you, you're it, you know if you look at, at our leaderboard and say that whole section of movies i would say from you know 20 to 40 which i would say is just just slightly above halfway now on our leaderboard so you know the, these are all movies that you know are kind of in the top half but people aren't saying that they're great they're not the best you know you look at like our top our top 10 you know things like alien and halloween and you know reanimator and the lost boys and the shining you know these are the absolute classics but even when you go down to that like, there's a lot of movies in there now that people will consider absolute classics and the greatest movies of all time you know in 20th place for example is the texas chainsaw massacre which you know for some people is the iconic horror movie um I'm just having a quick look down. Evil Dead Rise in 22nd, you know, uh, Ar Army of Darkness in 24th, Hellraiser now in 26th place, Screams mm. in 28th, Saw in 30th, and even slightly below what's Don't Breathe, you've got the original Child's Play in 34th, The Conjuring in 35th, um, Event Horizon in 39th, House of a Thousand Corpses sitting in 40th place now. You know, these are movies that we all love that, you know, we would say are exceptional horror movies, but turns out that they're maybe just not as widely loved as maybe you know once thought because and, and that's the sort of whole point of the leaderboard as well you know it's it's very easy for me and nico to come on here and just be like we're going to make a leaderboard of what we think is the top movies of all time but we want this to we, we want it to be a fair leaderboard and take into account as many different opinions and thoughts as we can so you know and i'm not saying that we've got the definitive list because i think that would be you know uh, that would that would uh my ego would be through the roof if i think if i said that but you know i think it, it maybe just give an invocation of what's you know potentially are those sort of true classics 
you know, and what maybe are absolutely great horror movies, but maybe just aren't as widely loved as some people think they are. Yeah, I mean, that's that's interesting. I, You know what? I've never done it. I'm going to have to go back and put our own list together. Now, our list is completely subjective, so we don't take the credits because I don't I don't care. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so we don't take them into account. Uh, but I'm I'm interested to see. I think we're we're right around 50 episodes or so uh, at this point. So I, I I need to go I need to go and and kind of like archive and and find out just how, where we where we fell on on all these all, all the movies that we've done. I think that would be that would be kind of interesting. Yeah, you know, and like when I'm uh, you know when I look at my leaderboard because I, I I you know I have it in front of me and I have the full breakdown in front of me as well, and you know it's it's just really interesting because even when you go you know, into well into that sort of bottom half now on our leaderboard. You mentioned The Strangers earlier. That movie's sitting in 51st place at the moment, you know, and and, and both me and Nico were, were relatively high on that movie, but, you know, it's a movie that widely was not particularly well received. Um, You know, sacrilegious to a lot of people. Halloween 3 is now in 72nd place. Um, you know, that's that's really upset that continues to upset a lot of people, but you know, you know, you've got um the House of Wax remake which although is campy, you know, I think it's a pretty fun movie that's sitting in 65th. Uh, um you've got Silent Hill in 61st. You know, so there's 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 some big hitters down there as well. You know, Saw 2's in 56th. So you know, there's some there's some bigger hitters down near the bottom end of our leaderboard as well. You know, so it, it, it's just it's it's very interesting. It's one of the reasons why, you know, I, I'm a person who loves, you know, stats and facts and tables and leaderboards and things like that. So I uh, I get very excited every time I get to add something new to our leaderboard. <laughs> um, is there anything else that you would like to speak about in terms of don't breathe um, or anything like that before we get into um getting ourselves out of here and doing our plugs and talking about podcasts and things no no i've i've, I've talked quite enough i um i've hijacked the show uh, this is i know we're running long i have a tendency to talk a lot more when i don't have to edit so uh no i'll just <laughs> shut up no but that's fine because as you very well know i don't really edit that much so <laughs> and, and the more you talk the less i have to so you know that's uh that's always fine by me well that is going to do it then for the podcast portion of this broadcast if you are watching us live uh stick around because uh, me and boomer will, will be around here for a, a, a little while longer not too much longer boomer because i don't want to take up all of your Sunday afternoon, but a little while longer. Um, um, but in terms of the podcast, if you're listening to this on the download, thank you so, so much to everyone who has tuned in and joined us. We really, really appreciate it. Uh, once again, Boomer, thank you for coming on. Would you like to just remind everyone about Podcast in the Woods and where you can be found? Yeah, uh, we are on all podcasting platforms. So Spotify and Apple and uh, Stitcher, all all the ones, Google, uh, yeah, Google Play, and all those things. Uh, you can find us on all of those. Um, and if you search for podcast, the woods, we pop right up. Didn't happen at, at initially. I was like, oh shit, nobody's going to listen to the show. But if you if you Google podcast in the woods, we will pop right up. If you're having issues finding it, uh, shout out to my co-host Gabby, who I run that with. Gabby, I love you. And um, 
Yeah, we are on the Twitters and Instagrams. That is Woods Podcast One. Uh, we do have a Patreon, um, and that is patreon.com forward slash uh, Woods Podcast. Uh, and we also are on uh, the Slasher app. So just download the Slasher app and you can search for Podcast The Woods. Same thing with uh, with Facebook. So we're all over the place uh, out there. If you you know if you you look very hard at all, you're you're going to find some of the shit that we do. And I would highly, highly recommend checking out their episode on Scream 6. They had a top tier guest on for that episode. <laughs> it's the best, best work we've ever done. Yeah. Uh, also, yeah, big big shout out to Gabby as well. I know Gabby's been lurking away and she's been floating about in the chat as well. So thank you so much for, for watching us chat uh, chat our shit about Don't Breathe. Um, if you would like to support this podcast, uh, you can do so. We're on Twitter at Damn Podcast. We're on Facebook and Instagram at Pod of the Damned. You can email us at Pod of the Damned at gmail.com. And you can also subscribe to our Patreon as well, which is patreon.com forward slash Pod of the Damned. If you're listening to this on the download and you're thinking to yourself, hey, I'd quite like to watch one of these live episodes, then you can follow us on Twitch. It's twitch.tv forward slash Pod of the Damned damned and we are also available in all of those places that boomer just mentioned at podcast in the woods why not give yourself a nice double feature subscribe to both podcasts have a look and see which movies we've both covered and see what we all have to say about them i think that'd be a pretty good way to spend your afternoon boomer i do too i i, I think that would be phenomenal yeah listen to um you know just just start off with like a little bit of our show and then and then and then get into the real masterpiece that is pot of the damned uh because we don't we don't want to look bad after listening to uh to their show but <laughs> oh you, you are too kind you're too too kind anyways right let's get let's get out here for this portion of the session once again boomer thank you so so much for joining me thank you to everyone who's listened to us on the download and until next week on the pod of the damned just remember you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't